Welcome to another episode of Complete Developer Podcast, the podcast by coders for coders about all aspects of creating your best life as a developer. I'm Will, the accomplished developer, author, and software architect. And I'm Beach, the journeyman developer sharing my journey in development. Complete Developer Podcast is supported by listeners like you. We are now on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Complete Developer Podcast. A lot of people are going to tell you the importance of a morning routine. However, without a nightly routine, our evenings are all over the place and we're left with sleepless nights, even when you're not in Seattle. Yeah, that was a bad joke. To improve sleep and rest, we have to look at habit formation and building routines and rituals into our evenings. In this episode, we take a look at nightly routines, the ones that are effective in improving your rest, as well as the ones that you may have which are holding you back from a good night's sleep. But before we get started, Will. What's your night been like? Uh, well, same as previous episode. <laughs> Strangely enough, this is recording these back to back. I'm about to do some major hardware updates to my personal desktop computer. I'm going up to 64 gigs of RAM and a four terabyte SSD, which should make the box more powerful. Uh, the main reason for this is so that I can switch to Linux and still run a Windows VM with respectable specs on it while I choke windows out because, you know, I figure it's going to take a little while to get everything kind of done. And you always find something that doesn't work like you thought when you switch to Linux. <laughs> yeah. Like right now it, on my laptop, it's actually been pretty good, but there were, there's been some weird stuff. Like at my parents' house, I couldn't get on their wireless until I, there was a command I had to enter something about the way that that particular driver worked for that particular network card and it was to put something in a config file just so that I could actually connect. But like I could connect to my cell phone as a Wi-Fi hotspot, just not to my parents' wireless. It was something screwy. I don't know. There's always little stuff like that. It's like, okay, well, I got to figure this out. So essentially, I want to be able to still run Windows in a VM while I'm doing that and gradually getting rid of you know, the remaining things. So most stuff I think will just work out of the box, but there'll be a few things. So yeah, looking forward to those upgrades. All that stuff is supposed to be here tomorrow, along with my new work laptop, which I'm hoping will wire in nicely to everything else I've got here. If it doesn't, then I've got to like order cables or something. And that'll be annoying. So how about you? So first off, let me just say that um, Key Lime LaCroix goes really well with eggnog, like not port together at the same time, but if you're drinking eggnog and you have like a key lime LaCroix chaser, it actually like, it's weird, but the flavors go well together. I mean, what flavor is, I mean, like the key lime LaCroix, I mean, let's be honest, LaCroix tastes like television static looks. (laughs) Well, the key lime is the strongest one, so. Yeah, I know. That said, I also this weekend discovered bourbon barrel aged coffee. And let me tell you, it is just as amazing as it sounds. I ended up buying a bag because it's expensive, but uh, they only made so many bags. And they're like, yeah, we've got four left. We're, once they're gone, they're gone. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to spend $25 on a bag of coffee because this stuff is phenomenal. 
And so I've been drinking it this week and it is, it's got like all the flavor of say like a, a barrel aged beer, but not the beer it's coffee. So it's non-alcoholic and it perks me up in the morning with that like bourbony barrel flavor. Oh, it's so good, man. So good. Interesting. Oh yeah. It is amazing. Like it's got kind of like that sweet vanilla aftertone of like barrel aged. Oh yes. Yeah, I like that peaty flavor. I really like for scotch, for instance. I, I like mm-hmm. Lafroig. Right? Like I like fairly mm-hmm. strong, smoky flavor. I just never thought about looking for that in coffee. Oh yeah. There's all sorts of coffee. I mean, as much as there is craft beer, there is more craft coffee and variations of it. Yeah, there's some here that are like twenty bucks a bag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds about right. Huh. Neat. I mean, if you want some, I can go get you some next time I'm in town. Probably be a day or two if they still got any left. Ah, I'll keep my eyes open. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, let me know. Well, and they have like cold coffee, like cold brew. Yeah. Yeah. Or like energy drink type stuff. I may have to look at that. I just never considered that. Never thought about it. Yeah. That's really good. Saving money is hard, especially when you have discovered uh, special expensive coffees. (laughs) All right. Well, that was a bit stretched, but all right. I was trying to think of a way to put that. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can tell. I can see the wheels turning in your head. Yeah. Yeah, the hamster fell off, though. Yeah. <laughs> Lucas Casadas is a fee-only certified financial planner. He owns and runs Level Up Financial Planning virtually out of Fort Collins, Colorado. And just like us at Complete Developer Podcast, he has a focus on helping you to not only establish a real plan for where you're going, but to also take action so that you can get there, so that you can create the life that you want to live. No, guys. Investing in financial planning services really comes down to whether or not you can improve your finances. And with the help of Level Up, the compounding impact of making those better decisions will easily pay for itself. Level Up also has a unique pricing model that will help you no matter where you are in your financial journey. Yeah. And best of all, Lucas is a fiduciary for his clients. What that means basically is that he's not here to sell you a product or anything, but to guide you to a better financial situation. And you can catch his podcast, Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp, where he covers financial topics that you probably face, and he interviews other IT professionals who share how they navigated their own careers. And you can learn even more at levelupfinancialplanning.com. The terms habit and routine may be used interchangeably by some. However, they are not the same thing. A habit is a piece of a large routine. Habits require a cue to get them started. For example, washing your hands after going to the bathroom is a habit. The hand-washing habit is cued by you going to the bathroom, whereas other hand-washing habits may be cued by chopping peppers handling raw meat, or food being ready to eat and you go wash your hands before eating dinner. Washing your hands is not a routine, though it may be part of your morning routine or your meal prep routine. Routines, then, are collections of cues and habits that we do with consistency. A morning routine is a set of cues and habits that we do every morning when we wake up. And then a nightly routine is a different set of habits and cues that we do every evening before we go to sleep. These routines help us to maintain consistency in our lives and makes it easier for us to get 
redundant daily tasks out of the way without requiring much thought or effort. While morning routines are very important for starting your day off right, in order to set yourself up for success, there are things that you should do the night before to ensure that you're at your best. Routines, especially in the evening, allow us to set limits and better control our own behaviors. Evening and nighttime are typically when we as humans tend to be more lax in our discipline. I had a conversation just yesterday with a guy talking about weight loss and how the hardest part for both of us is in the evenings. It's like, I can go all day without eating, but as soon as I'm off work, I just gorge. I was like, man, I do the exact same thing. You got to really watch it. You got to like have that discipline there. Having a routine that you do regularly helps you to maintain the discipline that you've had throughout the day into that evening. In this episode, we discuss improving your nightly routine. Those collections of cues and habits that you do every night or almost every night. And we'll start by identifying your current routines, then talk about things you can do in the evening to make your morning easier. Finally, we'll look at how to set yourself up for a successful night's rest, because otherwise the morning is not going to be easy. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, man. So starting out, identifying your current routine. This is really the most important step, as even though you may not think about it, you already have a nightly routine. You know, even if you don't know you have a nightly routine, you've got one. Lack of knowledge about it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. The first step in changing is recognizing what needs to be changed. Sounds a little familiar. As as I was writing this, I'm like, it's like a 12-step program. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. I was like, the first step is acknowledging that you have a problem. But no, it, it really is. It's it, It's recognizing, hey, there's something that needs to be changed. Well, you can't instrument something that you don't know what it is. Yeah, exactly. Like, just look at it that way. If you want a positive way of putting it, you may have a great routine that you aren't paying attention to. It's like, what could it be better? Behavior analysts do this when helping people and children to change behaviors or overcome addictions. They figure out what those are first. For example, like this is something I studied. I studied this in graduate school, behavior analysis. And had I been licensed after... You know, I would have become a behavior analyst, but I went to med school instead. Long story. Anyway, basically what they do is they start off with getting what they call a baseline. And it's just observing the current behavior. When I started my weight loss program and I, I lost over 100 pounds, that's what I did. I just started getting a baseline. Of course, there was a little bit of an observer effect of like, oh, hey, you know, Maybe I shouldn't eat this because I've already eaten a lot of other stuff. But still, I was collecting a baseline and I wasn't actively trying to lose weight. I was just, hey, let me find out what I'm doing now so that I can see, hey, when do I eat? One of my school projects back then was to help a friend of mine quit smoking. And that was step one was, hey, let's find out when you're smoking. And then we can kind of start cutting back from there. So to do this, what you want to do is get a notebook. And you want to actually have a physical notebook that you write in, not an app on your phone. And we're going to go into more about the why of that later. But at this point, just trust me that you need to have a physical notebook for this process, specifically nightly routines. And write down everything that you did before getting into bed. Do this for a couple of weeks. 
Like you might think a day or two. No, this needs to be over a couple of weeks as your routine may vary day to day and even vary a little bit based on like what's going on one week versus another. Right. So for instance, you know, your Friday night probably looks very different than your Monday night. Right. For most people. And you want to write down every detail you can think of for each day, especially if it differs from other days or behaviors, because this may tell you some other useful stuff that you can use later. Mm-hmm. I've kind of gone through this with my own stuff. Yeah. And once you've collected the data, then you can filter through it and look for patterns of behavior. And these are going to be your current routine. So this is why you want to collect more than just a day or two. You want a couple of weeks so that you can start recognizing those patterns. Uh, once you do and you start seeing what routines you already have, some of them you're going to keep because some of them are going to be good. And you're like, hey, this is this is good. Let me focus on other things. Some of them you're going to alter and you go, hey, this is not a bad routine, but it can be better. And some of them you're going to want to completely replace. And we're going to kind of go into those throughout this episode. Well, and I would also argue that some of that's the cues too, right? That's something to really pay a lot of attention to. But So the first thing to do is prepare for tomorrow. Now, when you get ready for the next day, it's kind of the best way to start winding down from today. It shifts the thinking from what's going on to what will happen. One of the things I do for myself is I've got a set of tasks. This is on an app uh, because it's the last thing I touch before I walk upstairs. And I just make sure that everything I did today that was on the list is checked off. No, that's different for having having something on an app for that. But yeah, no, that that makes sense. I do that with work where uh, I use my notebook for it, but that's just because I like writing things down. It helps me remember them better. Yeah, like that ceremony bef- when you switch contexts. When I used to get up early in the morning before work and work on my stuff and then go into the office, I'd finish my stuff, check the list off, go into the office, and the same deal when I left the office. That's it, exactly. So to this, start off by making a list of what went well today, what you accomplished, and then what's still left to do. I do this specifically with work at the end of my day, just because we've got our stand up in the morning where I have to tell them, you know, hey, what did I do today? Or what did I do yesterday? What am I doing today? And what impediments do I have? And so it's taking that same kind of concept and moving it further out. So like, I'll do that with podcast stuff. If I'm working on that in the evening or you know, I'm working on a pretty big side project right now after work. And so when I work on that, I'll do that. If I'm working on cleaning my office or something around the house, like it's sort of an evening list of things. Yeah. And like I said earlier, you, you check off the things that you accomplished from today's to-do list. And you know, from that list, you create a new list for tomorrow. Although I will modify this. I do something slightly different. I typically have a list usually for the week that's actually written out. It's more bigger stuff. That's where you kind of pull your daily list from. Yeah. And I use that to annoy myself. So like they're not checked off in the morning when I come down here, some things are not. And I'm like, Oh, I got to get those things. And it makes it very easy for me to get annoyed enough to grab that. The first nastiest thing I can get and just go after it. It puts me in that mental state. That may be a hack that's useful for some people. I don't know that that's widespread though. Yeah. Now, a really simple way to kind of get started on your day is to prepare your outfit for the following day. This reduces the decisions that you need to make 
when you're kind of groggy from sleep and just like, hey, I just got to get up and throw something on. Uh, I know some people wake up wide awake and ready to go, but uh, it just it reduces the number of decisions you have to make in the morning so you can be focused on other things. Well, and it also reduces the, oh, I've got to go find some underwear. Oh, I didn't do laundry. <laughs> That's a whole other thing, too. Now, personally, like I know, Will, you have sort of your set. This is what I, I alternate between these things. Yeah, because I got tired of even thinking about it that far. Yeah, I do this when I've got stuff to do. The thing is, I would postulate the more kind of creative I'm not saying you're not creative, but the more like the more creative the day is. If I'm doing something that is not my routine, then I don't use that thought process of of alternating. And the more you care about presentation, I guess the more of a three you have, because I have a three wing. So I'm going to care. Now, if it's like, oh, hey, I've got something going on, then I'm going to plan that out. But a lot of times it's I wake up and go, all right, I know I'm wearing a T-shirt and jeans today. Like I, I went that far ahead, but I haven't picked out the specific t-shirt because it's based on my mood and what I'm feeling like. Sometimes I do have a, a t-shirt planned out. Like yesterday was Halloween and I specifically wore a t-shirt that said, this is my Halloween costume. I had that set up, setting out. Sometimes it's, hey, I want to wear the black baggy jeans. So I'll have that all set up and then I'll pick a t-shirt that goes with them. That sort of thing. It's also useful to clean up and organize after yourself at night and check the bathroom, the kitchen, and the living room for tidiness. Get crap off the counter in the kitchen. Get stuff where you can find it. That doesn't mean like deep clean, but just get it to where it's not a disaster first thing in the morning because that'll affect your mood and Mm -hmm. it'll also waste time a lot of times because you'll be like, where is this one thing I need? I can't find it. Yeah. That's a big thing. It can be very annoying when you're like, I know it was here. It was here last night. What did I do with it? And you spend 20 minutes of your, I just woke up and I'm ready to do something time looking for your car key because you set it down on a counter somewhere and you didn't see it last night because you didn't clean up after yourself. Right. For me, it's usually my earbuds because I play music first thing in the morning. Yeah. Now, I mean, I don't go as far on this. I tend to clean my desk area up. Of course, I practically live down here. So that, that would be why I'll clean up my desk area and I'll straighten up usually the kitchen because I've, I've made dinner. And so before I go to bed, I'll go, Hey, you know, do a load of dishes, straighten up in there because then I get up and it's easy access to the coffee pot, easy access to the breakfast stuff. Cause I am not a morning person. And so when I get up, I'm not like the easier I can make it on myself, the better. Yeah. Whereas I'm not much of a night person. So I'm more like, yeah, just let it, let it mellow, you know, unless it's again, like it's my workspace because I want to come down here and hit the ground running. Mm -hmm. The idea, like you said, it's not deep cleaning. The idea is just to kind of like straighten up so that you don't have to worry about that in the morning. And like you said, can get going and, and you don't want to have these small chores first thing in the morning when you do want to get those important things done. Yeah. And it burns your attention too. And you really only have so much for a day. You also need to clear out your digital spaces as well so that you're not confronted with an onslaught of open tabs and apps that seemed important yesterday afternoon or yesterday morning, but they aren't relevant to what you're doing this morning. And I do this reasonably well most of the time because, again, I know in the morning I want to hit the ground running and I don't want Chrome to be using three quarters of the RAM on my machine. 
because that's for Microsoft Teams. <laughs> yo, man. Oh my goodness. Teams. Teams is a pain, yo. Teams is a pain. They shouldn't have called that framework Electron. They should have called it like Neutron or Proton because it's got mass. Mm-hmm. Straight up, man. Straight up. Now, this may seem tedious or not really a relaxation step because we haven't gotten into those yet. But nightly routines are not just about relaxing, but they're about setting yourself up for success tomorrow, the next day. So what I like to do is I like to get as much of that done as I can before relaxing. Now, some of it, it's like it gets a Zen thing to it. Yeah. No, some of it like cleaning up the kitchen, for example. All right. Yeah. I'm going to go cook. And then like, I like to sit and watch TV when I eat and that's somewhat relaxing. So I've already started some of my relaxation before I come back after eating and clean up. And then I go do my non TV time, which we will get into in just a little bit. I know I'm kind of like saying, Hey, we're going to get to that, but trust me guys, we, we really are. You also need to set up your evening for success. You dress comfortably by having a specific attire, uh, you know, a lot of times this is pajamas, sweatpants, comfortable shirt. One thing I've gotten to where I do now is I actually, when I get done with my workday, I go get a shower and I go ahead and I change into the comfortable clothes. Well, because my daughter uses our bathroom and takes an age to get out of there. And so if I'm having to wait on her before I take a shower, like it's going to put me in a bad mood. Let's put it that way. And so if I just do it right after work, it's, it's still fine. And I'm clean for the people who are actually going to be around me. Because the rest of the time I'm in the house by myself. So I feel like that's a decent way to do it. I do want to take a moment here because this is something I just thought about that I I do and I didn't put in here. I mean, I I tend to go out in the evenings a lot because uh, I have a lot going on. So I'll get ready, go out. And then when I come back in, I will change. But a lot of us work from home these days still. And it may seem easy to just like roll out of bed if you sleep in pajamas or throw like comfortable pajama clothes on and just go in and work, it's actually really good. Just throwing out a little morning routine stuff to have, even if you're working from home to have sort of a work outfit. Yeah, I do that too. From the work side, it it doesn't bug me as much, but like the shower and then changing into comfortable clothes forces me into a mindset of, Hey, I'm, I'm relaxing now. I'm not worried about work. It's what a commute used to do for you. Mm-hmm. that's fair like I said for me a lot of times it's like it's very rare that I'm I'm staying home though these days I am doing more because I'm doing uh, doing, working on that side project but uh, still I will between work and my other stuff I will go walk the dog and do some of my like evening and do some of my evening stuff just to kind of give that separation and that mental break now, you know, Will talked about, about taking a shower. I'm more of a morning shower person. Like, well, I used to be more of a morning shower because it woke me up. Now it's more like, hey, I get up and I work out or I don't work out in the morning, but I, I work out and shower after that. But uh, along those notes, hygiene is very important. It's important all the time, but especially in the evening, you know, at the very least, clean your face, brush your teeth, just make this part of your routine to do that. I like to do it after I eat dinner. Right after meals, just in general. What it does for me 
doing that is it helps me shift from like I will let's say I'm I'm going to be home what I'll do is I'll get done work go mo- walk my dog do like a few things around the house come back work for a bit and then cook dinner and after I eat that's when I make that shift from okay it's going from focus time to relax time and just brushing my teeth and washing my face that's a lot of times when I'll change into more comfortable clothes as well is at that shift. And it just, it gives sort of that mental break for me of, all right, I'm moving from focus time to relax time. Yeah. I think that's the critical thing from this episode, honestly, is figuring out your psychological yeah. thing and tweaking it accordingly. One thing psychologically uh, that is probably across the board is that it is very easy in the evening to be excessive. Alcohol consumption, food consumption, gaming, watching TV, a lot of stuff can really interfere. Obviously, food and drink is a big one for a lot of people. You know, eating a huge meal and then, oh, I'm going to go to sleep. You get a little bit of acid reflux and eventually you just go, yeah, I'm not going to eat at night anymore. Well, I just remember talking about like excessive. I'm I'm glad you threw in TV there because I remember talking to a, a mutual friend of ours. And him asking about, how do you guys get so much done? Oh, I had that same conversation with him. Yeah. And my response was, what's your evening routine? He's like, well, I get home and I watch TV till it's dinner time. Then I eat dinner. Then I watch TV with the kids, put them to bed. Then I come back and I watch TV. I'm like, dude, you've got plenty of time. You just spend it watching TV. Yeah. Well, it's and I'll, I'll tell you, like video games are great, especially if you've got one that's a good Skinner box for you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where there's like, I oh, just do this one more little thing and it'll be, you know, I'll save the game and then I'll stop, right? Like Factorio will do that to me big time because it's, oh, this little bitty tweak, it won't take long. And then, oh, I saw this other thing and it works really well with my mindset. And that's something I've had to be really careful about. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. We're going to get into that in a, a bit more detail in the very next point. Yeah, but it's a form of overconsumption. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up. Passive consumption. I mean, because that's really what this is, right? It's like, I'm not eating because I'm starving. I'm eating because there's something to do and I, I'm kind of low energy at this point. Yeah, that is very true. You also, like we've talked about reducing your decisions and as you're starting to relax, you, you want to reduce the amount of decisions you have to make in the evenings. A great way to do this is meal planning and prepping. I know you and I both do this. I will plan out my meals uh, for the week on Sunday. I don't always cook them because a lot of times it's like, oh, hey, you know, I'll cook a lot of the sides, but like the main course, I don't always cook because it doesn't take as long or something like that. Because a lot of times it's like, it tastes weird when you warm it back up. I've gotten to where I just have the parts for stuff that, that I can mix and match more than than prepping. And it, it sort of depends because like there's some things like the other night I was making chicken and I was like, you know what? I'm having chicken three nights this week. I might as well go ahead and cook all the chicken at once because that's not going to like taste weird. But like, I'm also having steak two nights this week. Yeah. Steak is one of the, or fish is another one that you just cannot warm that back up. Yeah. Unless it's fish sticks and then you just throw in a little custard and it tastes great. Got to throw in my Dr. Who reference there. Ah, I was wondering what that was. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So next you want to, and, and we've already kind of talked about this a little bit, reduce or eliminate your screen time in the evening beyond the whole blue lights. Like, you know, there's a lot of information about that. And we have filters for that now for a lot of things. 
Screen time negatively affects your ability to wind down and rest. And not just the, oh, hey, the light is keeping me up, but it's that active focus and concentration. And I know I used to have a really bad problem about sitting there in front of the TV and then hopping on my phone. Like I would sit down to eat dinner, watch a TV show, and leave the TV running while I pulled out my phone after eating and balance my budget, dating apps do some chatting, you know, scroll social media. Like some of it was productive and some of it was unproductive, but literally I would be just like sitting there playing on my phone until, oh, hey, it's 11 o'clock. I should probably go to bed. And not every night because I have a lot of other stuff to do, but on the nights where I didn't have much left to do or like after we recorded, that was such an easy thing for me to do. And I realized, hey, I'm not actually getting good sleep on these nights. But the nights where I had too much else to do and didn't sit there and play on my phone, I was getting better sleep. I do my flashcards, you know, in an app in bed, but it's not the last thing I do before Mm -hmm. I go to sleep. Right. So like I kind of do that winding down and then I'll finish that. I usually go brush my teeth. I, you know, come back and I read paperback book for a while before I go to sleep. And it doesn't seem like it takes all that long for the screen time to wear off because it's, it's a fairly short session of the flashcards too. It's not like I'm sitting there for two hours. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. That's what I was doing. I was sitting there for two or three hours. Yeah. We get done recording at eight. I would go like make dinner and then sit from eight thirty until 11 or 12, not playing video games, not doing anything like that. Just like literally just like doing my budget and stuff like that. Yeah. Even mindless scrolling keeps your mind engaged in kind of thrill-seeking behavior that has the opposite effect of relaxation. You know, it excites you and it keeps you from being able to get any rest. Mm-hmm. It's a dopamine hit. Yeah. One thing I used to, and and like, especially reading forums or something mm-hmm. where there are emotionally charged topics, that's the worst thing to do last thing before going to bed. Yeah. And you may even go to sleep, but then you wake up in the middle of the night and you're like, oh man, I wonder what these jokers said. You know, and you're wanting to get back on your phone again at two in the morning. Mm-hmm. That's a very bad idea. Yeah. Just saying. Now, this doesn't mean that you shouldn't enjoy some games or catching up on social media in the evening because you shouldn't be doing that during the day at work. So, yeah, that's fine to do that. But do it with intentionality. Like, it's okay to look at those forums that Will was talking about, but do it with intentionality. Don't make it the last thing you do. Make it one of the earlier things in your evening routine. And don't make it the default yeah. thing that you're doing when you're not doing something else. Yeah, this goes back to what we were saying about you know some things that you'll you'll keep, some things you'll alter. Well, this is probably something that you need to alter because for a lot of us, it's real easy to, all right, I've done all the, the things I'm supposed to do. Now let me go lay down in bed and hey, I'm not falling asleep immediately. So I'm going to grab my phone and like wear myself out on that. And it has really the opposite effect there. Yeah, you need to set kind of cutoff times to stop watching TV, scrolling on Facebook, watching TikToks. I don't do that, but I'm an old fogey. Uh, or even playing video games. And I know you use like the parental controls on the Nintendo Switch. On my Switch, there's parental controls, which is really sweet. I showed my sister these for my nephew, but I can control it with my phone. And I can set it up to be different on different days. So like during the week, I want to go to bed at a certain time. So I set my parental controls to say, all right, hey, at nine o'clock, we're cutting off. But I also, if it's a holiday, 
and I want to sit up and play an extra 30, 45 minutes before I go on with my routine, I can enter a code and do that. But it requires me to go, oh, hey. And do it on purpose. Yeah, doing it on purpose, like being intentional about it. I have the exact same thing set up on my phone. There's um, kind of a, a sleep. It's not a sleep timer, but it's a... Sleep reminder. Sleep mode. And it's about an hour before my bedtime is set on the phone. It will just shut everything down. And I can get into stuff, but it takes an extra step to do that. I just have a reminder on my calendar that pops up on the tablet. And you know, it's like, hey, start winding down. Yeah. Which... Honestly, it should go off here any minute, but um, it doesn't make any noise. Mm-hmm. It's in my field of vision, and it's like, hey, stop what you're doing. Start working your way upstairs, because uh, the rest of my routine is good enough as far as not getting distracted. Right. You want to end these sorts of activities early so that you do have time to wind down. We, we've kind of talked about this a little bit, but even from like the fun video game stuff, because that that dopamine hit, that that excitement is going to keep you up. And you really need to devote some time before going to sleep to relaxation in more of your later evening techniques or routines. And you do want to actually set time aside to relax and calm yourself down. It can be really tempting to trim that back and go, oh, I only need like 10 minutes to fall asleep. Everybody says that. If you've been in front of a screen all day, that's not happening. Yeah more than likely, uh, or it won't happen consistently enough for you to trust it mm-hmm. this is the way I would put that. I mean, the, the idea here is to step back and clear your mind so that you can actually rest. Yeah. I, I know for me, I am an extrovert. And so being around people excites me. So when I go out, like not so much Mondays because I got back before dinner, but like Tuesday or not Tuesday, Thursdays, Tuesdays too, because of the the podcast stuff, but it's even worse when I'm in person but Thursdays, we've got worship practice. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Cheap shot. Yeah. Thursdays, we've got worship practice followed by my music lesson. And so I don't get home until pretty late from all that. But because I'm around people, I am so hyped up. I have to take time to wind down. Whereas someone like Will, who is more of an introvert, it may be easy for him to come home from something like that and just be feel exhausted and go right to bed. But if I'm sitting here working on something that interests me or digging into something that interests me, that will screw me up. Right. You need to set aside some time and spend time focusing and quieting your mind. This can be done through meditation, prayer. We talked about focus earlier as being a bad thing. This is a different kind of focus. Like this isn't focusing on external. This is focusing more internal on helping you to process, helping you to like focus on that relaxation on that. All right, let me get through the things that I have for today. Yeah. And also notice if you have persistent thought patterns coming up when you're doing this and write those down and then think about that tomorrow. Because a lot of times this is the point when the bigger issues pop out into your head, the stuff that you've been ignoring all day. That's fine. Use it for diagnostic purposes, not now. And we'll talk more about that in the next point. And you need to kind of have some degree of gratitude to yourself when you're in this state and the people around you. Focus on your own benefit. The thing, you know, focus on the stuff that you've done well. Focus on the stuff that other people have done for you. This just keeps you from being an ungrateful miser 
who hates themselves. That's that's true. That's true. It also helps you to uh, to kind of calm down when you're focusing on your own value, and it reminds you, hey, you know, even if you had a rough day, even if you got laid off, even if you like made a huge mistake, you crashed a production server, that doesn't make you a bad person. And spending some time, if you get into this routine or build this habit into part of your routine of focusing on, hey, you know, I am not my work. I am not like the things I produce. I have value outside of that. Then when you do make a mistake or something like that happens, you're already in the habit of reminding yourself, hey, I'm a decent person and you don't have to struggle to get through that. It becomes a sort of automatic process. Well, and it also gets you out of that amygdala-driven you know, survival mindset. When you're trying to stay alive, you don't have gratitude, right? Mm-hmm. You, you have survival of the fittest. This is a higher level of emotion that if you're experiencing it, probably is going to kind of a reverse psychology on your body almost to go, okay, dude, calm down because there's no threat here. You also want to spend some time reading. And this is non-school, non-work-related reading for. 20 to 60 minutes. Fiction is really best for this as it sort of allows a form of escapism and to get away from everything and really kind of set that tone for, hey, I'm outside of the the workplace. But that said, nonfiction and self-improvement will work here if you you absolutely have to. I really like reading leadership books and self-help stuff, as you guys can tell from a lot of the stuff I talk about on them. I enjoy that. Like that brings pleasure and joy to me to read those sorts of things. So sometimes I will, but I really do put an emphasis on, hey, I've got at least one fiction book to read. But the only time I'll read a nonfiction book is when I've, I've run out of fiction books to read, which is really rare given the amount of books that I have. I'm more likely to read a nonfiction book, but I will do it. I will not read a self-improvement book at, at night, typically. I don't read anything nonfiction that is likely to give me an action item at night. When I say nonfiction, I don't mean like biologies. Biologies. <laughs> Biographies are great. I love, like one, one of my favorite types of nonfiction is military biographies. And I go through phases where I really like those and read more of them. I'll read history or biology stuff or, or some good hard science that's not science I do. Yeah, yeah. That's see, that's pleasure. That's fun. I, I'm right there with you on that. Those are fun. Those are interesting. I like physics stuff. If I'm gonna read hard science, I don't know why, but it just sort of it it fascinates me. Now, you also need to reflect on your day and try to put your thoughts down in some kind of journal. I typically do this before I go upstairs, just because I'm I'm cleaning out all the stuff I did and it's in a window next to it. Yeah. Uh that works out for me, but you do want to get your thoughts down. Journaling lets you move intrusive thoughts that might keep you up at night into external storage, right? And then those intrusive thoughts don't necessarily have to be bad, right? It could be something as simple as, oh, you know what would be a really good idea? I think we can fix this, this stupid Redis memory leak. Write that down so that you don't lose it because you're going to feel stupid in the morning if you had a great idea and you lost it that way. That's why I have my my work notebook or Bible, as people call it. I have a paper notebook I typically keep by my bed uh, specifically for that. I have multiple 
notebooks. I have one, two, three, four, five sitting beside my desk for various reasons that I can grab. Yeah, I've got four. This one right here is right here is list of large purchases. This is stuff that I want to do either for business or around the house, stuff like that. I've got the podcast notebook. I've got my work notebook. I've got my creative, like one of my creative ideas notebooks right here, where it's like, this is not my creative notebook that I work in, but it's creative ideas that I can write them down. So if I'm like working during the day, I'm like, hey, I can't go to the other room and grab that notebook, but I can write this idea down real quick. What I do is I have one that is like a, it's a general purpose notebook. I've got specific notebooks and that one is always right there. And so I can write down whatever I need to in there and then I triage it later and put it where it's supposed to go. And that's sort of what my creative notebook is here. It's a little bit like that, but I do break it down a little bit more than that just because it's the way my brain works. It's a little bit different than yours. So, and that's fine. With this, it it allows you, especially journaling, like taking time to sit and journal. We've had episodes on this and we'll probably have more because it's so important. But what it does is it allows you to explore your own thoughts, your ideas, your feelings, and your goals by writing them down each day. And you can write, hey, I made it a little further along toward this goal or something like that. Or you can write down, hey, this is how I felt today and this frustrating thing happened and like get that out. I like to talk to people, but sometimes you need to not talk to people about things. Yeah, because it's going to wind you up more. Yeah, it's either going to wind you up more or it's something that just doesn't need to be out. Yeah. Yeah, out there. And so that gives me that outlet without having to, you know, I've got a few very trusted friends, like Will's one of them, that I'm like, all right, I can talk to Will about something and it's not going to make it past our conversation. Right. And it's the same way in the other direction. I've also found this is really useful over time because you'll start to notice certain patterns coming up over and over again. And that has let me fix a lot of stuff in my life. Journaling also provides some insight into your current state of mind and the effects of the day on your mood and emotions. It's weird sometimes, too, because you'll write stuff down and you'll be like, huh, I didn't think about it that way. But it came out in the writing and it wouldn't have come out with you perseverating on it. Sometimes you get you get going. And I, I've had this happen more with creative writing, like doing some poetry and stuff or something like that. Like in one of my my poetry notebooks, I have like several pages of stuff that I was like, oh, wow, I didn't even know that was a problem. So I'm like, I didn't realize I was kind of feeling down until I started writing about stuff. And I was like, oh, wow, now I'm writing poetry about veiled melancholy. Literally wrote a poem titled that the other day. I do. And, you know, be like, uh, I'm totally okay until I write, you know, write something down and, and notice it. And it's better to do it that way than when you're having a normal conversation with your wife and have all of it come out. Yeah, I bet so. I mean, it's, it's been a hot minute since I had a wife, but yeah, I bet so. Yeah. But like, yeah, I mean, because it will like something will just hit you wrong and it's, it's yeah. been there the whole time and it just bubbles out. Mm-hmm. You know, mine was about, you know, work situations and stuff that's happened to the last four jobs. Oh, wow. Yeah. But that sounds, yeah. Hey, that's a decade worth. Like, mm-hmm. oh yeah. Also, you can track cause and effect of your emotional state through your journaling which allows you to see those patterns, especially in your sleep rest. And your emotional state affects how well you rest. So by writing down your emotional state, 
And then maybe the next day saying, hey, I didn't sleep well. You can start seeing these patterns emerge. So the next one is one that is a little controversial because I know Will doesn't exactly do this either. And I struggle with this one, but I'm really making an effort. And that is use your bed only for sleep. And there are other things, but we're a family-friendly podcast and we're going to leave it at that. Right. Your bed should be a sanctuary for rest and sleep. And you want to create an atmosphere of rest by only using your bed for that. And this is something that, like I said, I know Will and I both don't really do this, but all of the research, every bit of research I saw on this said to do this. I only typically, well, I mean, other than my flashcards, right? Mm -hmm. One thing I will do sometimes if I'm stuck on something that is kind of tech-related or writing, especially writing, is I'll take my laptop upstairs and sit in my bed. And that changes scenery. But I don't do that at night. It's the middle of the day. The blinds are open. So it's practically a different room. It's just, it gets me into a different headspace because I'm like mentally stuck from sitting down here. And that's the other place I have to go. I usually go outside for that. But then again, I live out in the country. And so. Yeah. And there's just too many, there's too many people. And yeah, it gets on my nerves. But that is probably the one exception. And I've, I've gotten a whole lot better about that. When my wife and I got married, I was like, we're not having a TV in the bedroom. And I'm so glad I did that. Now, I will, I will tell you where I struggle with this is reading. I like to lay in bed and read. Yeah, I do that too. But I finally broke myself of the habit of writing. When I was in high school, that was my favorite place to write poetry was to lay in bed. Of course, I would lay with my feet on the pillows and my head at the foot of the bed. To write is weird. Makes the pillows smell weird too. <laughs> well, yeah, but it got my mind. I don't know. For some reason, it, it got me into a more creative process. But that's what I like to do. I, I think both of us, like the stuff that we do break this rule on, it is a specific adaptation for a specific goal at a specific time, not something we're doing unintentionally. Like I said, I, I have been actively working on getting away from that. The other thing I struggle with is not laying there in the morning. Because I'm not a morning person. I don't want to get up and jump right out of bed. So I'll want to grab my phone and like play on it for about five minutes before I get up. I'm really trying to break that habit. Like legitimately trying to break that habit. The average person sleeps seven hours a night. You may require a little more or a little less, but it will likely be pretty close to seven hours. Mine seems to be drifting towards five here lately. Yeah. I've noticed as I get more driven and focused on stuff, it will go down. Mm-hmm. That's common. I tend to be mm-hmm. around six. And trust me when I say I have spent time figuring out exactly how much sleep I need to be functional. Med school does that. Yeah. I say, I know for a fact I can survive on three hours of sleep for two months. After two months, yeah, not so much. But two months, three hours of sleep a night, including weekends, I can make it. It is not easy. The psychological, you know, I wonder if that does any damage over the long term. That's something that always scares me is, you know, is the lack of sleep thing is like, what is this going to do anything permanent over time? I do shoot for closer to eight and sometimes I actually do need it. So it it helps. But my thought is, is I can, if I can get a full night's sleep and I wake up too early and I'm ready to go, then just go. Yeah. That's key is not staying in bed after you wake up and you're good to go. Because there are times that I do wake up and I'm good to go. And I'm like, there's no point in laying here. Yeah. 
But if you go back to sleep, then you're, you feel so much worse. Yeah. It's because you don't get a full, a lot of times you don't get a full REM cycle. And that's why I'm like about like my average is six hours. That's what tends to work best for me for REM cycles. It's really good. Now, the obvious things here, and we've already mentioned some of them, is not having a TV in the bedroom. Like, really, that is a very bad idea. If you're doing that, you really need to get rid of the TV in the bedroom. And I'll give you another thing, too, with the modern technology. They're starting to have cameras in them. And you probably don't want that. And, you know, microphones. and I mean, because that's a hacking vector for some very personal stuff. Another thing, and this is one that I struggle with, I'll be honest with y'all. This is something that I don't I don't do well with, and that is putting my phone away before bed because it's gonna be it's a temptation and it keeps me awake. It, it's like I would say the worst thing that I do when it comes to my sleep pattern is having my phone right beside me yeah. or laying in bed. Sometimes I'll be like, I'm tired, I'm gonna go to bed, and then I'll go and I'll lay there and I will watch videos for two hours on my phone. I really like uh, Charlotte Dubray. I don't know, the Canadian who like reads all the Am I the A-hole stuff. She's hilarious. I love, I love watching her. She is great. But I will, I will literally sit and watch like her and like Gamer Ranks and a few others for two or three hours just laying in bed. And that is something that I, I... I'm actively fighting against. I am struggling to not do that these days. Yeah. By bedtime, I'm pretty much done with my phone. I don't, I wish I could be, man. I really do. Yeah. I feel like that's something I've pretty well, I've got fairly solid. Mm-hmm. That's good, man. I'm a little bit jealous of you on that one because that is, that is an area that I still struggle with. Well, I mean, my thought is like, I tend to do a lot of reading on the phone if I'm wasting time. And my thought is, okay, well, I've read stuff today and there's no more stuff till tomorrow or there's not much. And so it's like, okay, it it has a very low amount of positive feedback for me. So it actually works out. Now, first thing in the morning, that's another problem because all the stuff is there now. You know, there's new blog posts, there's new whatever. So, so the final one is to use the 10, three, two, one, zero formula. And neither of us are sure on this one. Yeah, I found this online and I kind of liked the idea behind it. I'm not sure I agree with their exact numbering here, but I wanted to bring it up and I wanted to discuss it because like I said, I like the idea of having this formula because again, it cuts out decisions. And so my thought is maybe don't use their exact formula if you don't agree with their numbers, but have a formula. And that's why I put it in here. Yeah. So the first one, you know, the 10 is 10 hours before bed, no more caffeine. And the reason for this is caffeine has a, five to six hour half-life. That's not the reason behind it. Their reason behind it is it takes 10 hours to fully get rid of caffeine from your system. Well, I'm drinking a bourbon and Coke right now and it's past my bedtime. So whatever. I added the the bit about the five to six hour half-life because I'm like, this is the one that jumped out at me as this doesn't really make a lot of sense because you don't have to have like, and it may just be the medical side of me. You don't have to have all of the caffeine out of your system. Like if you get all the caffeine out of your system, even if you don't use it too much, you're still going to have some mild withdrawals. You're going to have headaches at at the minimum. So like you want to have the effective amount of caffeine out of your system so that it's not keeping you up. But of course, after I, 
I wrote this, I got to thinking about my daily routine and I'm like, well, if you think about it, I have my coffee in the morning, but after about nine or 10 in the morning, I don't drink any more coffee. I stop usually by two in the afternoon. And then like at lunch, sometimes I'll have something with caffeine in it. Like I might have a Dr. Zevia or a Mountain Zevia or something like that. And that'll be some some caffeine at like one or two. So about the same time. And But after that, I really don't. I'm like, all right, so maybe not exactly 10 hours, but kind of close to it. Yeah. Most of the time I won't, uh, you know, unless we're recording, I typically, like if we're recording, I'll have a bourbon and Coke. If we're not recording, you know, I might have a, you know, a glass of wine or something, you know. Now, I also used to straight up go to coffee shops late at night and sit and drink coffee until like midnight and then go home and go to straight to bed. Yeah. I don't know that it affects me all that much. It does. It's just you become used to the less like not getting as good a sleep. And so you don't notice it. It does have an effect. And if you implemented this, because I notice it, I, I've, like I said, I've purposely don't drink coffee after a certain time. And like, I've noticed if I do, like the other day I was out and I had a cup of coffee because I needed yeah. to stay up and I struggled. I had a rough night's sleep. A lot worse than normal. I guess my thing is, is like, it's not so much about having it completely out of your system, right? I am not worried about homeopathic levels of caffeine in my system. Yeah. Now, you know, I'll have a bourbon and Coke, but I've had one while we've mm-hmm. recorded two episodes. Also, it's the amount of caffeine in the Coke too. And knowing how you make bourbon and Cokes. <laughs> Sorry, I had to pick on you about it's that. Not actually, it's not, a, it's not terribly strong because it screws up your speech patterns and dries your throat out when you're recording. So it's not, not great for, but yeah, I don't know that I completely agree with it. I get where they're coming from. I just don't know about the number. Like, like that's what I said. Like with this, it's the numbers. The next one though, speaking of bourbon and Coke is three hours before bed. Stop consuming food and alcohol. Most nights for me, by the way, bed is like eight o'clock. So that means no dinner. Or just have dinner earlier. Yeah. I mean, it'll be a fairly light dinner too. Mm-hmm. And that, that's the other thing. Your your big meal is your lunch, right? If I remember correctly. See, yeah, that's the thing. My big meal is dinner. But also, like, tonight, I'm not going to have a very big dinner because we record. And yeah. so I know it's going to be later. Thursday nights, I'm out pretty late. And so I don't... I usually do more snacking. Like, I'll take a Cliff Bar and some other stuff with me. And so, like, my dinner will be dispersed over a few hours. Well, and a lot of times, I just don't eat at night. And it's mainly just to avoid the amount of crap that has to come with it. So I might have like a handful of pistachios and that's it. So the next one, two hours before bed, stop working. Uh, You know, honestly, for the most part, I actually kind of do this. Yeah. I would almost even do like three hours before bed, stop working because like it takes me a while to wind down sometimes. Yeah. Mine typically is do the more intense work earlier and so like a lot of stuff that's like yeah it's work but it's not it's not work work it's like tedious get crap out of the way you know when i'm kind of done so i reasonably agree with this one just i don't know how you define work then the one is one hour before bed turn off all screens including your phone tv and laptop and i kind of like this one honestly again i try to do this more than an hour I don't always do it because sometimes it's, you know, oh, hey, I'm not eating until later. And so 
I watch TV when I eat because I live alone. Otherwise, it's really lonely to just sit there and eat. Yeah, to be honest with you. But an hour for sure, because I need I need that time to wind down. And that's also I, a really great time to do the reading. I'll tell you, like I I typically do try to do this. It never happens because I'm asleep by then. Mm-hmm. Because I'm just like, I am not sitting here for an hour winding down. Like I'm screens off. I'm going to bed. I will not last an hour awake. And then the final one here is um zero, the number of times you hit the snooze button in the morning. I absolutely agree with that one. Yeah, I'm working on it. I'm down to one time. I mean, this is this has been a process over the last probably year or two. Well, I mean, that I've active, actively been working on it has been the last year or two of really just like trying to to do that. But yeah, it it really has. I mean, I think I'm helped out by the fact that like my wife gets up early. My daughter mm-hmm. has to get up early. And once they start moving around, the dog gets up and dog breath in my face. It's like, there's no point in hitting snooze. It's just more miserable. That's fair. So guys, this is just a high level overview of the things that you can do to set your nightly routine. A lot of the suggestions here have had their own episodes in the past, or they may have them in the future. These are not hard and fast rules that you must follow in order to have a good night's sleep or be more productive. It's sort of a lifestyle change that takes time, as we've talked about and been very open about, to alter these past behaviors and previous habits. Don't get discouraged if it takes a bit to get into a routine and you you may have to remind yourself constantly or keep setting reminders to do things. Along the same note, give yourself some understanding if, say, you miss a day. Rather than think, oh, the whole week is ruined, and just pick back up on the next day if you miss one. Doing so will give you better progress towards starting a goal than having a perfect week after six or eight weeks of stopping on Tuesday. That pretty much wraps us up. We will catch you guys next week. If you have a question or comment, please email us at neckbeards at completedeveloperpodcast.com. Our theme music is an excerpt from Standby for Titanfall by Pure Bells, available on SoundCloud and licensed through Creative Commons. For references, show notes, and extra tips and insights, be sure to check out the website at completedeveloperpodcast.com. Help us make the show possible by supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast. You'll get extras, including a weekly aftercast where we discuss the topic of the week and bonus material with some of our patrons. You can also follow us on Twitter at CompleteDevPod, like our page on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram to keep up with news about the show. Join the conversation anytime via Slack by signing up at slack.completedevelopernetwork.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time.